Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. So your lead just thinks that you are on it, you're with it, you know what you're doing, you're professional, and you create that trust so quickly. And we know that booking conversion comes down to how much they trust you. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally, are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of this podcast. Today's episode, this week's episodes rather, because when I do interviews, they drop on Tuesday and on Thursday. It's always in two parts. This one is an awesome one for anybody that's ever thought about organization in their business, specifically workflows when it comes to CRMs. What does that mean? We're talking about onboarding and contact forms and maintaining a list of people that have gotten in touch with you, contracts, invoices, emails that are automatically sent to people at different phases in their relationship with you. So if this is something that you would love to learn more about, if automating parts of your business and saving yourself some time is interesting to you, which hopefully it would be, saving time is always interesting to me, then this episode is going to be super interesting for you. I'm speaking with Amanda Ray. She is COO and part owner of 17 Hats, which is a CRM available to creatives specifically. And we're going to dive into all things workflow. So we talk about what does it look like from the time that someone gets in touch with you to the time that they're onboarded in this process. Don't want to miss this one. This is an uninterrupted interview with Amanda, but first, a couple of words from the folks who support this show. If you're like me and most photographers, you definitely didn't go into this business for the paperwork. We're creative people, right? So if invoices, emails, to-dos make you a little crazy, that's where 17 Hats comes in. They have an all-in-one mobile-friendly platform that basically automates your small business. 17 Hats handles all the tedious stuff like payment reminders, capturing leads, scheduling your meetings. No wonder thousands of photographers swear by it. You'll free up so much time. It's basically like you've cloned yourself and you can focus on what you do best, all the creative good stuff, while 17 Hats manages your business for you. Best of all, right now, you can save 50% on one year of 17 Hats. They are also offering a live three-day virtual boot camp with part founder Amanda Ray to help you set up leads, booking, and onboarding experiences. Both Black Friday offers, the 50% off, and the boot camp with Amanda Ray 
are live now. Go to sale.17hats.com. Once again, that's 50% off your first year plus a three-day virtual boot camp with Amanda Ray, sale.17hats.com. This is for Black Friday only, so check it out right away, sale.17hats.com. So you all know that I love tarot and I do tarot readings and it's a blossoming hobby that I've been really enjoying. And so I decided to take my tarot knowledge and turn it into a free reading that you can have access to to help you grow in your business. Head to photobizhelp.com forward slash reading to answer a few questions and get your free reading that outlines your business energy. This will hopefully help highlight the things that are serving you and helping you to grow, as well as point out some of the things that you might want to look out for that could be holding you back. So head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash reading to get your free reading. Find out what's going on with the energy in your business. Experience a little tarot tossed in there as well, and hopefully get some good ideas for how to grow moving forward. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash reading to get your free reading. Well, Amanda, I'm excited that you're here today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Natalie, for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you for a bit. Yeah, we were talking about the importance of a CRM. And I think that, well, first of all, I agree with that statement, but I I, I want to just like backtrack a, a couple steps and just let folks know what a CRM is, because I think I think it's something some people know and some people may not know. Absolutely. So a CRM is your re- client relationship manager, right? So it is going to help you do exactly that, manage your client relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So it is going to be a CRM is so essential to your business because you need one place to store the names of your clients, the names of your leads, your networking people, your partners, people who maybe really cold leads, right? That you want to store. You want to store their names, their email address, their phone numbers, maybe their birth dates, all of that information so that you have it and you can access them and, and chat with them really quickly. But you need to be able to store that all in one place. And that's where your CRM, the very foundation of a CRM starts really. Do you think that people need a CRM right out of the gates? Is that a good idea? Or is there a point that you get to early on in small business where you go, oh, this is where I need the CRM? Yeah. So there's the ideal world and there's what people do. And the ideal world, yes, you need a CRM right when you get started because you need to start creating that database of leads and of clients, right? So if you're three years into business and you don't have a CRM and you have a great offering for somebody maybe you worked with in year one of business, now you got to go dig through emails, text messages, whatever, to find that information, which if you would have just started with the CRM, all of that would have been right at your fingertips, right? And so we find that a lot of people, you know, like having a CRM isn't necessarily sexy, right? So it's not buying the new gear. It's not a tangible product that you could hold, right? When we get into business, we want to buy all of those tangible products, those sexy products, right? So everybody kind of puts buying the CRM on the back burner, but then 
because your business is doing well and you're growing, you get to the point that you need a CRM, but you don't have time to set it up or truly utilize it, right? So then you're kind of stuck. So I highly recommend that everybody start their business with a CRM so that you're going to be able to grow without any of like the bumps or the hurdles, right? It's going to be a much easier growth path. Yeah, that makes sense. It seems like it would be a lot more work for anybody that's jumping into it years down the road, because like you said, you have to go back through and like dig everything up. I guess you could start fresh and not include all of the people from the past few years, but you probably wouldn't want to do that. Do CRMs typically integrate with everything that you would need it to in terms of communication channels? So Mm -hmm. is there a way to integrate in kind of a text format as well as an email format? Yeah. So there's a variety of different things that you can do with your CRM. You're going to be able to all of your client communications. So your emails is really kind of the biggest one. Texting isn't there yet, right? Because the thing with texting is that if you text, you have to text from a different phone number than your own. And so that really becomes confusing for the client. So we're trying to figure that one out, but you can always connect through a Zapier to text. So there are ways of going about and doing that, but sure, really that makes sense. it's going to be your um, email communications. It's going to be your calendar, all of your questionnaires, your quotes, your contracts, your invoices, all of those things that you need to get out. Um, and the cool thing is you'll be able to automate it all right? That's, that's, you don't have to send it yourself, right? Yeah. So you'll be able to connect with, you know, it's, it's nice using a CRM because you don't have to use your CRM's email provider. You'll be able to connect your own email um, address and your email service provider to the CRM. So it emails as if it's coming directly from your inbox. Yeah. That's a great feature. Yeah, there's no like, ooh, this is, you know, is this automated coming from somewhere else or is it coming from the business owner? It truly is coming from the business owner. And then, you know, all the emails that they send back to you will also go into your CRM. So 17 Hats is really special like that in that all the emails that you send out and all the emails that you receive all go into your, uh, go into the CRM. And so that really keeps you from having to dig through your inbox going, okay, did they email me? Did they not email me? You'll just be able to go directly to the client and see, you know, the emails that have came through. Well, and one of the things that I wanted to add for folks that are listening that do possibly get DMs or texts from potential Mm -hmm. clients is that for me, the last, what, 10 years or so, what I've always done is encourage folks to start an email thread with me. So you could always just take people from that text interaction and bring them right into the automated CRM. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, texting is such an interesting, I mean, we could do a whole podcast over texting. Should right, you do right. it or should you not do it in your business? And I highly agree of getting people started with email because then that's going to allow you to automate those emails. You're not going to be able to automate your texting, right? So that means you're going to have to do it no matter if you're sick, no matter if your child's sick, no matter what, you're going to be have to be that person to do it, right? So I always say start off with email and then when you get to know them and after they've booked with you and you you've built that relationship a little bit more then you can do some texting if you need to do some texting but if you truly want to like automate your business so you can get out from behind the desk email is so fabulous because i mean you can just set it and go 
Yeah. And also I think from, in my experience, just having everything in one place is so valuable when you get really, really busy and you have a lot of clients. For me, I need to be able to just type their name in and see what our entire communication history looks like. So that's, that's really important. And if it's text or like lost in some kind of weird Instagram DM from months ago, there's no way for me to really find that. And for them too, that's not a good experience for them because your client's going, well, did you email it to me? Text it to me? Is it in a social media DM? Like, where is it? So it's, it's not a good experience for your client because they don't know where to look. And the last thing you want to do is confuse them. Right. You just you <laughs> want them to make as few decisions as possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I also think you want the experience of running your own business to be good. And I'm curious if right. you have... If you're able to maybe walk listeners through kind of what a photographer's automated workflow would be kind of like maybe basics, you know, I know we could get crazy with integrations and stuff, but just like what would that look like for a photographer if everything's kind of set up and running and they, and they get an inquiry, for example? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's two different ways that you can grab your obtain inquiries with 17 hats. So I'm going to go through two different flows with you. So a basic flow, and this is one that I used in my photography business, which I loved because I was, it was really hands-off. I didn't have to do anything. I put my lead capture forms on my website. I actually, my contact button on Facebook, and also you can do an auto reply for Facebook messengers. So I would put the link in my auto reply for Facebook messengers as well. That's super smart. That's so nice. Oh my gosh. I did not like um, having to constantly check Facebook messaging. And so I would put my lead capture forms everywhere. And so my clients would contact me via lead capture forms. And even if they texted me, I would be like, Hey, great. Happy to work with you. And I would just shoot them a link to my lead capture form because I wanted everybody to come through the system in the same way, because I wanted to create that automated experience. So I did not have to, it wasn't dependent on me, right? I wanted as little work as possible. And the consistency, I think, is so important for building your brand. So key. All of that, you know, I think that's that's helpful too. 100%. And so then from there, for senior portraits, families, and even weddings, I would um, send them a questionnaire automatically. So they would get a response from me that was specific. I would ask them on the lead capture form, what are you interested high school senior portraits, weddings, or families, because that's that's what I did. Those were my three revenue streams. They would select one of those, and then they would get an email back to them. If they selected um, family portraits, it was, thank you for your interest in our family portraits. It, it had their name. Hello, you know, Natalie, thank you for your interest in your family portraits. My average sell is about $1,500. We're excited to get you in. I would give them a little blurb on like, why choose me versus my competitors? Um, I always gave them my average sell. I did not give them my full price list. And I said, if, you know, if you're interested in taking the next step, please complete the questionnaire below so that I can learn a little bit more about you. And what that email did was weed out price shoppers. Yeah. And I just want to ask you super quickly. And yes, pre-qualifying people is huge. And I think that's great. And so just to clarify, they would get in touch with you and they'd only have to kind of select one thing off the bat and they'd get that initial email that sort of siphoned them out into whatever they were looking for. Absolutely. Did you find that you have like a sweet spot for the number of questions on a questionnaire so that people don't, you know, because sometimes 
even though I only have like a couple people are like <laughs> answering them really quickly or uh, people yeah. are busy. I also sometimes, you know, if someone's booked with you many, many times, they're probably just like, Ugh, you know what I'm Correct. looking for because we've worked together every year. So just wanted to, since we're going through the flow, ask you about that. <laughs> so lead capture forms, you want to keep it under five questions because you do not want to make it an obstacle for them, right? They're just shopping at this point. They don't know, right? We've kind of talked about this before and like they're just they're just browsing and seeing who's out there, right? So they don't they don't want a commitment yet, right? They're just saying, hey, I'm kind of interested in you. Can you help me? So under five questions, anything over five overwhelms the brain. That is scientific. So a lot of people, if you have more than five, they're just gonna stop and just be like, I'm going to go to the next person because this is too much. So I'm always like name, email address, phone number. What are you interested in? And how did you hear about me? Right. Who referred? Those are like my top five. Okay. Right. And then from there, they get the email and they'll get the questionnaire in the email. And the questionnaire is another five questions. Again, I don't want it to be a barrier for entry. So I have to think like if they are coming to me for a wedding, I need to know what's the date, what's the location, what's the style, how many members, how many guests are going to be there, what's your budget, right? So those, what are those five pre-qualifying questions that you can ask that you can say, this is the right fit for me, right? This is the right client. This is the right lead for me, right? Because then you can hop on a phone call with them you know all of their stuff. You can start engaging with them super quickly. And the lead is really impressed because you, unlike a lot of your competitors, have taken an interest in them from the start. Absolutely. So your lead just thinks that you are on it, you're with it, you know what you're doing, you're professional, and you create that trust so quickly. And we know that booking conversion comes down to how much they trust you. Huge, huge, huge. And I want to get through the rest of the the workflow and touch on that too. One (laughs) final, you know, this is something that came up actually a couple of weeks ago in one of our clubhouse chats about automations. And when you are pre-qualifying people by category, so you might say, is this a a wedding, a family session, a senior session? Do you also have an other option? I do. Of and course. Then does that go just directly to you where you're like in real time having to respond or or how does that work? I still set it up with the whole workflow and lead cap with email. So thanks so much for contacting us. I'm excited to hear about your needs. Please complete the questionnaire below. It's all the same process. My questions are just, just different, right? So I create one questionnaire and duplicate it and just change my questions. You know, what type of service are you looking for? Please tell me your thoughts or your vision. You know, what else do I need to know? So it's just, you know, three or four different questions to figure out what they're thinking. And then once I get that in say, hey, yeah, I can do this. I jump on a phone call with them and I don't even schedule it. I just call them, you know, um, and try to make it as as easy as possible. Awesome. So absolutely. Is phone call the next step in your workflow? Or let's take like the, let's take a family client. So they hopped on your website, yeah. filled out the form. They got an email from you. They filled out the questionnaire. They're super excited, you know, to work with you. Then what happens when they hit send? 
Yeah. So I think that it depends on your type of service. I was a boutique photography company. I was very hands-on and offered a high touch client experience. And so I jumped on a phone call with them because I wanted to make sure that I was able to fit all of their needs. I needed to, um, you know, do they want a style session? Do they not want a style session? I needed to talk to them. I would even on the phone call always kind of talk about, I would plant the seeds for wall art and different things like that, because, you know, selling, you've got to plant those seeds really early. And we would start really kind of discussing that and going through there, jump on the phone call. Then we would book a date. We would book a date directly on that phone call. And then on that phone call, I would, the next step in my workflow is I would automatically send out a quote contract and invoice. So I would do that through 17 hats. It's one document. I would shoot them an email and I would even say, Hey, I'm happy to stay on the phone and you go over it with you now. Or if you just want to do it, I'll hold your date for 24 hours. Right. And, you know, I, I go over all of my, on the phone call, I would go over all of my different packages with them or services, but I would always make them choose what they wanted on a quote, right? Because most of the time, if they say, I want, you know, package B or session, the middle session, like lengthwise, once they see it on the quote, they will usually go up one. That's interesting. Right. Because they've already justified the price in their head for the middle one or whichever one they're going with. So then when they actually see it, they're like, Oh, it's only a hundred dollars more or $200 more or whatever for just the, the service. And a lot of times, again, since they were already okay with that middle price, they would go up and I didn't have to do a thing. Right. And so you're doing average pricing. You know, my average clients invest $1,500 at that initial email response, here's the Mm -hmm. questionnaire. At what point do folks see the full pricing options in this workflow? Is it when you jump on the phone, you kind of send them something? It's when I jump on the phone. Yeah. I really want to make sure I never want to get to the IPS session and they're price shocked. We, we don't, we don't want to do that. And, and again, this is a whole nother discussion on branding because your branding has to match your pricing, right? And your business model, in-person sales is different from, you know, exactly not doing it that way. So this is speaking to, like you said, a high touch experience. Yeah, it all has to match. But yes, on the phone call, we go through everything. And even there, I give them, you know, this is about how much they spend. This is what people, this is how much everything go, you know, is. And then I send them the full price list when I send the quote as well so that they have an idea. Um, I do not send a price list off at first email, right? And I don't put price list on my website. It's average sell, right? So people know. That's an interesting topic that we have talked about it's over the years so... with so many. <laughs> yeah. And I am also a, a sort of price anchoring kind of person where mm-hmm. it's like, here's the average thing so that folks know before they even start chatting with me. They're That's like, right. yep, this is, this is where we're at. And again, yeah, it depends on your business model too. If you're low touch, you know, like headshot photographers specifically want to get people in and out the door. So everything's on their pricing and they can get them in and out the door and be done, you know? So I think it, it depends on the revenue stream. It depends on the business model, but yeah, I would send them the pricing, send them the quote contract invoice. It's one, basically one document, all of the three steps right there. I love the quote. One time I had a client before I use this, come back and say, well, I didn't even know that you, you did that. And I was like, how did you not know? I told you on the phone, you know, but the reality is, is people only retain 20% of information that you say. 
So everybody listening to this podcast right now, you probably need to listen to it, what, four or five times to, you know, retain because it's just human nature. You only retain 20% of the information. So by sending them a hard copy, right, they're actually able to absorb it more. And again, willing, they're probably going to go up. So yeah, we'd get the quote contract invoice. They would pay the deposit or pay the full, whatever, whatever, depending on my policy for that. And then my onboarding experience would start and I would have an automated workflow that would send out question, uh, confirmation emails that would send out reminder emails that would send out questionnaires, right? So I would ask about if I'm doing family portraits, what's the colors of your house? Because again, I'm wanting to sell canvases. What's the colors? What's the styles? I would send them emails about different Pinterest boards to look at different wardrobe combinations. All sorts yeah. of different things, right? Well, and I'd, I'd love to dig into that a little bit. And this is a perfect way to start off, you know, part two of this interview, because we can kind of get into detail about some of that follow-up stuff, like after the booking phase, which is really interesting to me. I hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget to tune in for part two of my interview with Amanda on Thursday. Looking for a professional website for your photography business? Then check out Pro Photo. They offer tons of beautiful designs to choose from and a builder that gives you full control to customize however you'd like so you won't get stuck with a cookie cutter site or have to pay a fortune for a custom one. For listeners of the Photo Business Help podcast, ProPhoto is offering a special introductory rate of only $25 per month for the first 18 months when you sign up using the coupon code PHOTOBIZHELP. So whether you've never had a website before or you're looking to make a switch, using ProPhoto will give you a site you can be proud of and the support you can trust. And I can speak to this. I use ProPhoto for my theme. I have for about eight years now. I'm now hosting with them. Their customer support is unparalleled. They're an amazing company to work with. Once again, $25 per month for the first 18 months with a special listener code photo biz help. Thank you for listening. I don't want you to forget about this awesome Black Friday 17 hats offer. It's 50% off one year of your first year at 17 hats, as well as a three day virtual boot camp with one of 17 hats founders, Amanda Ray. Go to sale.17hats.com to grab all the goodies that sale.17hats.com the number 17 the word hats. I hope you have a beautiful day. Remember, in everything you want to achieve, consistency is key.